This is the Kansas Audio Reader Network, a radio reading service for the blind and print disabled. Welcome to the Good Works in the Heartland podcast, where we celebrate the organizations and individuals who are improving the lives of others throughout Kansas, Missouri, and the Midwest. Each episode will focus on one community group, nonprofit, or social service organization that provides essential services to those in need, enriching lives and connecting communities across the Midwest. For this first episode, Audio Readers Outreach Coordinator Laurie Kessinger was joined by Megan Poindexter from the Senior Resource Centre in Douglas County, Kansas. First up, we'll hear some essential information about the Resource Centre, direct from this episode's guest, but stick around afterwards for more chat, history and detail about this fantastic organisation doing good work in the heartland of America. My name is Megan Poindexter. I'm the Executive Director for the Senior Resource Centre for Douglas County. Our organisation provides resources, services, opportunities, and advocacy for all of Douglas County's seniors and their families. We are located in downtown Lawrence, and we serve all of Douglas County's seniors throughout Baldwin City, Eudora, Lecompton, and throughout the county as well. The services that we offer include... Senior transportation through our Senior Wheels program. That includes our special program in Baldwin City that's Baldwin Wheels. And we're getting ready to launch a new program in Eudora that is going to be called, very creatively, Eudora Wheels. We also provide Medicare enrollment and counseling. Every year that includes our open enrollment for Medicare Part D. We have information referrals that helps individuals navigate life's changes as they get older and retire and uh, and kind of get through all of the things that happen as your your body and your lifestyle is changing. We also have engagement, education, and fun. Our program and uh, the services that we provide at our facility in downtown Lawrence will include classes and recreation, activities, a game room, and all sorts of ways that people can meet others and enrich their lives. Some of the things that we're the most proud of is our ability to connect seniors with the needs that they need to have met, as well as give them opportunities that they want. Some of that can even look like alleviating the fears that some individuals have as their life changes, and they feel a great deal of satisfaction and reassurance when they're done meeting with one of our staff. We also engage with individuals on a personal level, giving them an opportunity to meet others and have uh, fun together and, uh, and do all sorts of new and exciting things that maybe they didn't have time to before they retired. You can learn more about the Senior Resource Center by coming to our newly renovated facility at 745 Vermont in downtown Lawrence. We're just south of the library. You can also call us at 785 842 0543 or visit our website at yoursrc.org. We would love to have you come visit our new facility though. (music) 
So talk about the events you have planned. I know you have an, a, a senior resource expo that Audio Reader yes. will be exhibiting yes. at. So talk about some of the other events. We have three major events, 17th from 4 to 6. That will be the uh, throw the doors wide, open house. We're going to do a ribbon cutting with the Lawrence Chamber. And, uh, and again, people can just come and check it out and nose around and be curious and, and just play some pool, play some pool. And, and, uh, assuming that is back right, in the that basement. It makes it there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so we're very excited about that. The, uh, third of this homecoming celebration is an expo. Like you just mentioned, uh, we're, v- I'm personally, um, thrilled that we can hold this expo in this way. We've done an expo before, but it was not in our facility. Uh, And so we had unlimited space where we could bring in any organization or company that was interested in coming. Uh, Because we're doing this back in our new building and we don't have such a large space as we had before, we did decide that we needed to focus it in and we decided to focus it in on the area, the Douglas County-based nonprofits that either specifically are serving seniors or who may serve the larger community but are really, really important to seniors because of an aspect of their organization. And so uh, this, we've got uh, almost 40 different uh, nonprofits throughout Douglas County that are going to come in and have tables and and, uh, information available. Some of these are organizations that can talk about the services and the programs that they offer that is a support. Some of them may have uh, volunteer opportunities that you could consider signing up for. And and so some of them have a little bit of both. Some of them are going to have drawings and some fun things at their table. We are also going to have uh, some presentations, some educational presentations from some of those organizations that uh, I think are going to be very interesting and very fun. And uh, and it is, it's a little bit of a free, free time for folks to explore, not just the facility, but all of the things that Douglas County can offer um, to our to our seniors um, just through those social service organizations. And that is what day again? That is the 19th, September 19th. It's a Thursday. And that will be from 10 to 2. It is free. No RSVP needed. Um, the doors are open. Come on in. You don't, we're not going to check your ID at the door to see how old you are. And uh, uh, because we do, we do provide services for seniors, but honestly, we provide a lot of services for family members of mm-hmm. seniors as well. Um, there's a lot of adult children. There's a lot of neighbors. There's just a wide variety of individuals who have a loved one that does need our services. So I know on your website there, you don't define senior. You're like senior is senior is senior is whatever you want senior to be. So are there, so you have no age restrictions. You could be 40 and come use your game room. It's more of a community space than a for older people. It is a little bit of a trick because there is no like legal definition of senior. And in fact, uh, you know, I like to kind of joke with folks. So there's different points in as we get older that different ones of us might decide that we feel like we're appropriate to kind of fall into that senior category. Some of it is based on our individual health and the way that our body uh, individually ages. Um, 
Some of it's based on uh, the things that you enjoy and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, AARP, you can enroll in AARP at 55, but you start getting the applications, what, when you're 12? So, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that is one marker. Um, the Adult Protective Services Program for the state of Kansas has recently changed their definition of a vulnerable adult that's a senior to the age 60. Uh, when you are going to retire, you know, I, I guess currently it's 62, but they're moving it to 67 as the kind of the right. government's definition. You and I will never be able to retire. It's I will never retire. 80 exactly. Or I'm gonna, the time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and so everybody's is a little bit different. Um, and, you know, and even when you go to the movie theater, mm-hmm. um, an individual private business can decide at what point they would like to give a senior discount. So it's really not our place to make those definitions. We do have a few uh, specific programs that a person does have to qualify for by age. Uh, one of them is that senior wheels program, that transportation that we were talking about. Um, there are some uh, KDOT uh, requirements for our okay. funding that basically say 60 and over. And that's fine. You know, right. it just is what it is. And, uh, and so, uh, but we try to kind of avoid that. And, uh, and part of that also is that sometimes there's a caregiver who needs to be with, uh, with the person that, that mm-hmm. needs that care. And, and so we don't want anyone to feel that they're excluded. You're not checking IDs at the door. I'm not checking IDs at the door. And you know, the other thing that I always want us to all remember is whether we like it or not, we are all on our way to becoming seniors one way or another. Um, there's, oh, my, my other favorite thing is there's a, a, I believe it was a congressman and I need to go back and look at what this gentleman's name was, but I believe he was 92 when he said this, but he said, a senior is anyone 15 years older than me. There you go. So there you go. And if he was 92 and he said that, I think we know (laughs) what we're talking about, but I think that we all can relate to that a little bit. So, so talk about your newly renovated facility. I know there were some problems or delays yeah. in the remodeling and it was supposed to be what a year turnaround and it's been almost three so you're, you are right so you're doing a, a celebration a homecoming so what sort of things are coming up to celebrate the the return and then um, what are some of the things that you weren't able to do before I know you have a larger space so you can do more community events so just talk about your new that renovation, the, the, the longest renovation in history, we like to joke about. I don't know that it really is, but it seems like it to us. So when we left um, our uh, location downtown, we have been living out at Peasley Tech for over two and a half years now. And they've been wonderful. And we never, never want them to feel like we haven't been grateful because we really have. Uh, but the facility that we were um, able to rent from Peasley is just significantly smaller. So we haven't been able to do um, nearly all the things that we want to do or need to do for the community. And it was originally going to be a nine to 12 month renovation. And so, you know, when that much time goes by and you, you kind of feel like, well, is it ever going to end? You know, uh, it's hard to know when to start the process to relaunch your programs. When we started to see the the true end in sight, we began doing focus groups and surveys of the community uh, it had been long enough ago, and enough of our programs had had kind of had to come to a standstill long enough that they were pretty much were were not 
functional anymore. And, uh, and instead of looking at that as a disadvantage, we really saw that as an opportunity to evolve. And, you know, this is an organization that's been around for a very long time. And often we get into those ruts where we just keep doing the same things. And this was a chance to hear from our community and our stakeholders exactly what it is that they needed from us and want from us. And it didn't matter if it's something that we had done in the past, if it was something we used to do that they miss, we wanted to know about that. Something that they've seen in other communities they thought was cool, we want to know about that. Um, so we really started to collect a lot of information. There are some programs that we're able to sustain that are going to move right back with us. And uh, we've got support groups and we've got some um, kind of social groups. There's a, a very, very dedicated group of painters who come in every week. And they don't just do painting, but they do kind of crafting. And, and they have just such a great time together. It's fun to stick your head in and, and, uh, and hear them and their laughter and, and the fun that they're having. And, uh, and so those are small you know, my, uh, groups within our organization that are just going to pick right up where they left off and keep on going. And then we've had a couple of other things that have had to find other homes. So uh, for instance, our New Horizons band has been um, relocated at the uh, Brandon Wood Smith Center, and they're going to move home with us and start their Friday afternoon practices and get right back to it. And uh, let's see. Uh, so there's there's a few things like that that are going to return. Now, some of the things that we did not have before uh, really involve uh, the opportunity to just enjoy um, informal time of individuals together. And the new space that we have has... Uh, this great opportunity in a completely gutted out lower level. Uh, you might have, we might have called it a basement in the past because it really was more like a basement. I mean, it was concrete and it was blech, and uh, nowhere a place that, uh, that anyone would want to spend any time. So they completely gutted that out. It is now fully, um, fully furnished and fully finished. And we've got a big multi-purpose space. We'll be having exercise classes in that room for, for one thing. We've got some yoga classes that'll begin right away. Uh, we're working with Parks and Rec as one of our community partners because they're so good at what they do. Mm -hmm. We want to uh, give them the opportunity. They've got the existing infrastructure and teachers and leaders. And so uh, we don't want to recreate the wheel, but they're also kind of out of space. So they can hold some of their classes in our facility and we can then okay. work together. Uh, we are, let's see, uh, we also have uh, in that lower level, we're calling it our garden level, by the way. Right. Um, trying to make it pretty. And uh, we have uh, a new room that is going to be a game room. And uh, that's the space I'm very excited about because it's a completely new opportunity. And it is an informal space where people can gather together. Uh, if let's say, uh, let's say someone is downtown and they have one family member that wants to go do some shopping and they really aren't interested in going and walking up and down mass that day, uh, they would be able to come come over and just kind of hang out in that game room. We have a, a pool table that's kind of got a little bit of a famous history to it. But so we've got our great pool table we're going to bring back and we think we can get it down the stairs. I should probably start caveating that just a tiny bit, but we're pretty sure we can get it back down the stairs. Uh, and, uh, and then I've also been collecting games and puzzles, things that are familiar to individuals, dominoes and um, checkers and chess, um, things that can be played 
together, things that can be done alone. Um, we are, are going to put a um, TV down there and some comfy furniture. And so an individual who just needs a place to kind of hang out and, and uh, kick up and relax a little bit can do that. And maybe while they're there, a few other people are doing the same thing and they may find community. And that's one of the pieces that's so my personal passion mm-hmm. is that, you know, as humans, we were not designed to be alone all the time. Even the most introverted of us needs to have other people around them on occasion. And so this is a great way um, to help people just very comfortably at a rate that they uh, feel is safe and and right for them to engage with other folks as, as they want to. Sounds like a great opportunity just for figure out what this space is going to turn itself into. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about um, the transportation programs that are available. Um, I know a lot a lot of folks are you know not driving or trying to reduce their driving. So what? How do you reserve rides? Um, where can you go anywhere? Hey, I want to go to the movie. Or is there are there limitations on um, where the rides will? take you? So our senior wheels program, our transportation program really doesn't limit where individuals can go. And, you know, as you get older and you either choose to stop driving or maybe you're not able to drive, or maybe you just don't want to, maybe you don't want the expense and the the hassle of having a vehicle anymore. Uh, Our senior wheels program is completely open as to what individual people need. Now I will say we prioritize rides that are medical in nature. Uh, Of course, I think we can all appreciate that when you've got a limited number of vehicles and drivers and minutes in the day, I think we all want our friends and neighbors to get the medical care that they want, and then maybe we can go to a movie at a different time. But we'll uh, often take people to uh, groceries, is also very common, Um, the pharmacy, uh, medical appointments, like I mentioned, physical therapy. Uh, We have some individuals who ride with us very nearly every day because they do have a medical condition that requires treatment every day. Sometimes those are things that are temporary in nature, and sometimes they are ongoing uh, needs um, like dialysis versus chemotherapy, you know, some of those really important things. And do you travel outside of the Douglas County area if you had an appointment like at KU Med, or is it it just Douglas County? We only serve Douglas County, uh, and we do work with partners who provide transportation outside of the county. One of the biggest challenges for this type of kind of specialized transportation, uh, because these are, many of these are vehicles, not every single one, but almost all of them are ADA accessible. And, uh, and so, um, it limits how many people can be in the vehicle at one given time. There's some unique aspects to this. So we do need people to make their appointments as far in, a, in advance as they possibly can. And I think we've all experienced the situation where you're you know, on the phone with the doctor and they're saying, well, we can get you in later today. People are always welcome to call and just say, hey, by chance, do you have uh, an opening? And maybe we had a cancellation or maybe it just happened to be a slow day. But we would certainly rather have people give us a call and and see if we can help get that coordinated. Our uh, uh, dispatcher and our staff that are part of our transportation program have been known to really go above and beyond to try and help make sure that people can get that medical care that they need. Uh, But they're also really dedicated to make sure Uh, individuals can enjoy the best possible quality of life. And so that's going to get your hair cut. That's going to visit a friend or a loved one. Um, 
That's going for recreation, going to the movies like you mentioned. We do only provide transportation on weekdays. So we don't, we're un, at this time, we're unable to provide weekends or evenings. And unfortunately, that is a barrier for uh, a lot of individuals. There's not great public transportation uh, for folks that do have disabilities on the weekends or in the evenings. And so this is something we're all very aware of. And we would like to get to a point where we can provide that. This type of transportation is really expensive to provide. We do ask our riders to uh, basically um, uh, pay a fare, and that's for our our, uh, Lawrence-based riders. Our special program in Baldwin and the one that we're starting, we're getting uh, ready to roll out in Eudora, those will both be donation-based. And that is really because the drivers for those programs are volunteers. Wonderful. Yes, yes. And so having those volunteers really gives us some flexibility in some ways, but it does reduce flexibility in other ways. The fact that they're not paid staff means they may or may not choose to drive that day. But our paid staff are are committed to that. Baldwin folks and Eudora folks are welcome to call our Lawrence-based team for a ride from Baldwin or Eudora or Lecompton or anywhere in the county. Uh, and uh, and again, assuming that there is a spot in the schedule, um, they we do have a separate fare for those rides uh, for our paid staff. And is it a sliding um, scale? It based is, on income, or is it a set, set it's fee? It's a set fee. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is actually something that's regulated uh, through KDOT, actually, through oh. us. I know. Who knew, right? And uh, and so um, it is a, it's a set fare, uh, and it is a different, it's a lower rate for folks that are staying inside Lawrence than uh, needing to go into the county, of course. And, uh, but it's still quite affordable, and compared to what it actually costs us to provide this service, it's just a very, very affordable minimal rate. We're able to do that because of our support from the county and our support from our individual donors, as well as uh, some grants that we receive through something like KDOT. So let's talk a little bit about that, your support from the county and your funders. Do you receive um, funding from the county commission, the city commission? Where do your other... Um, funding. What are your other funding sources? Absolutely. So our primary funding source is the Douglas County uh, Commissioners. And so they have been dedicated since we were founded in 1972 to making sure that there is a senior program in Douglas County. Uh, One of the fun things that's been happening lately is we've been digging up some of that great history since we're moving back to our, our, our permanent home in downtown Lawrence, we've been taking that as an opportunity to pull out some of that information. And yeah, Douglas County has really been our primary support this entire time. Uh, And so we do receive a little bit of funding from the city, but the biggest thing that we receive from the city is that the city owns our building and we do pay a a lease. It's a dollar. So (laughs) nice. Yeah. And so, uh, and so that's fantastic. And it's an incredibly important piece of our puzzle to have that. Um, the renovation of our downtown facility has been paid by both the city and the county. The city has paid the majority of it, and the county has be, uh, paid for uh, 32% of that. And so we're incredibly grateful for both to recognize the importance of having a not just a functional building, but also a building that is welcoming and warm and really allows the Senior Resource Center to be all that it can possibly be for the community. So while you've been displaced, a lot of what you've been able to do is just the direct information and referral, not being able to provide actual programs. So will that information and referral continue? continue? Is there a different number to call if you need to know? Uh, how do I sign up for Meals on Wheels? What are the resources available to my mom in Eudora? That mm-hmm. would just be call your main yeah. your main number 
ask whatever question. It's kind of like the library information desk. Yeah. Just call and ask whatever and they will... We'll get you to where you need to go. So we, we do have, we've got a, a three-person staff that is our, what we call our health and human services department. And those are the individuals who most likely would get kind of a general information call. You know, often these calls are based out of a crisis. Mm-hmm. Either an individual or a person's family member is in the middle of something that has really, really just turned their world upside down and thrown them for a loop. Sometimes when those individuals call, there is a, there's a catalyst issue that has come up that has inspired them to call that day. And when we can set that individual down either either face-to-face or on the phone with one of our staff, not only can they talk about what's this thing that really inspired you today, but let's talk about some of the other underlying issues that there also may be resources for. Uh, one of the things that's our, one of our biggest challenges in not just in Douglas County, but everywhere is that um, there are really challenging and complex needs that folks have. And, uh, uh, and because the, um, the process of aging can happen gradually or very, very suddenly. <laughs> you get a diagnosis or you have a fall or, you know, something really unexpected happens. Um, sometimes it takes a while to kind of figure out exactly what the next step should be. But one of the, the goals of that team of individuals, they're incredibly compassionate people, and they are dedicated in not letting a person end that conversation without having identified at least one next step. Um, sometimes it's two or three or four. We don't want to overwhelm them, but right. we really want to make sure that they aren't getting off the phone mm-hmm. or leaving the meeting saying, well, uh, th- that, you know, and so we, we are really dedicated to helping with that. Great. Great. Yeah. That's a very, very useful resource. Cause as you say, you call and say, Hey, I need to sign up for meals on wheels, but then you also can continue on with, okay, but do you need respite care? Do you need housekeeping? You know, the other things that mm-hmm. go with, um, the staying in your mm-hmm. home and being independent or, or not, yeah. um, but to have a one-stop, there's so many resources out there, but finding them can be overwhelming when you're in when you're in a crisis situation. So that's really definitely... Can. Um, really can. One of the things I've been inspired by lately is the uh, growing research on the social determinants of health. And so uh, if if a listener today is is not familiar with this concept, basically, you know, we know what the, what the traditional definition of health is, right? It's your blood pressure and it's your, whether you've got diabetes and it's, you know, it's, it's those really classic things that we all think of when we go to a doctor. And... I think that we've all had that experience where we know just intrinsically that that's not really what makes a person healthy or unhealthy. We know that there's things that that are plaguing our society um, that are not directly related to whether or not a person's got good blood pressure. And the growing research on the social determinants of health, which are all of those um, other factors that can lead to a person's health and wellness uh, is what I think uh, the Senior Resource Center has a great opportunity to support. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you mentioned Meals on Wheels, which made me start thinking about food insecurity, right? So when you're talking about um, someone's physical, traditional version of health, often you go, okay, well, what's your nutrition? 
So nutrition, we know, uh, plays directly into a person's health. Well, let's say your nutrition's not very good, and maybe it's because you can't drive because you don't have a vehicle or you're unable to drive anymore. Well, then you're having a hard time getting to the grocery store. And so maybe you do have Meals on Wheels coming in, but you know they only come in once a day and they don't come in on weekends. And so having uh, you know just one meal coming in a day, that's not going to lead to your greater nutrition. Well, let's take it one step further. If you aren't able to leave your home uh, to go to the grocery store, you're also not able to leave your home to do anything else. So what is your... Um, what's your social structure like? And is your social structure, if you don't have anybody that's going to the grocery store for you, probably means you're pretty isolated. If you're really isolated, that is a very good indicator that you may be struggling then with some um, depression. Uh, there are lots and lots of uh, pieces of research that show that that isolation can impact other forms of health as well. And so then let's say if that's all happening you're probably not working if that's the case. So if you're not working, what's your housing like? Are you in a housing situation where you're able to get around your house um, in a way that is appropriate? Does your house need modifications so that you're safe? What else is going on in your house? So then when you start digging in, you really start to identify, oh, wow, just by saying, hey, what's your nutrition for your health? Maybe you are um, struggling with diabetes or, or something that feels very, oh, well, that's just what a doctor does. That's my physician. Actually, there's so much more to it. And these are some of the places where I believe the Senior Resource Center has the greatest opportunity to support our community. So could people get in this situation, could they get the um, transportation, pick them up and bring them to the senior center to participate in exercise class? I mean, it, I was thinking senior, the transportation, pick you up at your house, take you to the doctor's appointment, take you to the grocery store, but you could actually come down to the senior center and play some games and take a yoga class. And absolutely. so, okay. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, big props to our team of drivers. They are uh, some of the most compassionate and hardworking folks that, that I've met. And, uh, and they've been driving folks even out to our temporary location out at Peasley where there's just not that much going on. <laughs> but, uh, but we still have been able to, to do engagement in that way. And so, yeah, we're really looking forward to bringing folks into our facility and in giving them just that greater quality of life. Right. Great. Anything else you want to add, talk I about? I do. There's one thing that we haven't talked about yet, but I think it's really uh, something that can be very important to some of, our, some of your listeners. One of the renovation aspects of this building, thinking about audio, is that uh, we are um, having a hearing loop installed in two of the spaces in Wonderful. the building. So, yes, anybody who has a T-coil hearing aid can come in, and we are... We've never had one before, so I know we're going to have a little bit of a learning curve, so I preemptively thank everyone for their understanding and patience while we get it all kind of figured out. But this uh, hearing loop is made possible in part by the Lawrence Otolaryngology Associates. Did you see how well I said otolaryngology? Yes. I've been practicing. Uh, and also the Sertoma Club here in town. They've helped to uh, provide us with some finances so that we can make that possible. And, uh, and then MSM is installing it kind of as we speak, in fact. And wow. so we're very excited. To, to offer that new technology. Great. Yeah, that's a definitely a great addition. So accessibility real quick. So you have an elevator. Um, we have an elevator. You have a wide 
door, yeah. I would assume that the whole thing is. It's as accessible. You know, I want everyone to keep in mind, this is a building that was built in 1950, and we did not have the ADA in 1950. Right. And so there is uh, a great deal of effort put into making the building as accessible as it can be for a renovation of such a old building that is also on the historic registry. Right. So there's some pieces there. Um, and, uh, and so we're doing everything that we can to make it as easy as possible for anybody. And, uh, and we do have, um, our elevator. That's actually been one of the, the big factors in our, in our move is, uh, getting that darn elevator, uh, we had to end up getting a, a brand new one. We had initially thought that we could just repair the old one, but no, it's a brand new elevator. So come ride it all the way up and down <laughs> and up and down. And, uh, uh, and then, um, like I said, the, the T coil, uh, and the hallways are nice and big and, you know, and so we really do hope that anybody of any mobility is going to feel very comfortable. Great. Great. Are there any other services you want to highlight? Mm-hmm. So one of the most important services that we provide is Medicare counseling and enrollment. And that includes the open enrollment period that starts uh, October 15th and runs through mid-December. And people do need to make appointments in order to come in during that period. But anybody who is currently enrolled in Medicare uh, can come in during that period and change their, particularly their Part D. And that's the prescription one. And that is where it changes every year. And so you really don't want to miss out on making sure that you are doing everything possible to pay the very least for your prescriptions. So who are the who do you consult with when you make an appointment and come in? When you come into the office, you make your appointment with us and you come into the office, we've got um, a couple of people on staff that are trained SHIC counselors. SHIC is the acronym for for this program, the contract through the state of Kansas that we have in order to do the Medicare counseling. And uh, so there's a couple specifically trained individuals that are on staff, but during open enrollment, we've got this incredible team of volunteers that makes it possible. Uh, We are actually looking for a few more volunteers, not necessarily to do the the counseling, because that does require a great deal of training. Um, Somebody who's interested in doing that could uh, sign up, and then we can have them trained for next year's open enrollment. But we need a few volunteers to help with just kind of the the traffic flow and making Mm -hmm. sure everyone is is seated and comfortable and knows where they're supposed to be and and, uh, and that everything goes smoothly. So folks are welcome to call us about that. So starting in October, you'll be taking appointments for the, the health insurance counseling? Yes. Starting October 1st, we'll be taking the appointments. However, the one thing I just want to also make sure folks know is that when you become Medicare eligible, you don't wait for open enrollment. You do it right away. And so as everyone is turning uh, turning 65 and is, is eligible, we do want them to, there's a few things you have to do before you can actually enroll. Um, but if you're unsure about what that is, that's something we can help with. When people are doing their initial enrollment, sometimes they'll come in and have two or three visits with our staff to make sure they know what they need to get, make sure they have everything. And then as soon as they're actually eligible to do their final enrollment, then we can help with that. So as well. you offer that year, year round. round, year round. You just yep. have the extra help. October through December. Right. You know, in 2018, we did, I believe it was right around 800 individuals came through our doors for the open enrollment period. So that that just a couple of months. And then we have another three to 400 that come in throughout the rest of the year. Do you offer 
that at your, like in Eudora or Baldwin at, at some partner locations. So if you are in those communities, you don't have to come. We to sure Lawrence. do. Mm-hmm. We sure do. We set, uh, we schedule days in advance that uh, we will go out to, for instance, the Baldwin library. I know we've already set our date for that. Unfortunately, I don't know it off the top of my head, but, um, but if you're in Baldwin, you can call our office and we can tell you, but um, we do a, a special day in uh, other communities, sometimes a couple of days in those communities. And so unfortunately, if a person's not available on the days that, that are, that's happening locally uh, for a, a, a person in Baldwin or, or LeCompton, then they're always welcome to come into the Lawrence site. Great. We have been visiting with Megan Poindexter, the executive director of the Senior Resource for Douglas County. And they are uh, moving back to their original building or their permanent home at 745 Vermont Street in Lawrence. That's right next to Lawrence Public Library. The phone number to get in touch with Megan or to reserve your rides or any of the services we have talked about to find out more, call 785-842-0543. The Good Works in the Heartland podcast is a production of the Audio Reader Network. This is the Kansas Audio Reader Network, a radio reading service for the blind and print disabled.